Money FM 89.3, best of the evening runway. Why it matters. Money FM 89.3, it is the evening runway. I'm Elliot Danker. It's time now for Why It Matters. Now, Singapore has become quite the music tourism destination. You've seen in many recent months uh, A-listers holding their concerts here. I mean, you think about uh, when Coldplay concerts were announced, uh, the tickets went on sale in June, sold out. And then last week, I believe, uh, there were more tickets available. Did you manage to get tickets? The Taylor Swift concert, same thing. Millions vying for a mere 300,000 seats across six nights uh, that she will be holding in Singapore next year. The thing is, since January, over 500 victims have fallen prey to concert ticket scams here in Singapore. Total losses amounting to more than $510,000. Taylor Swift was the other headliner to incite such a ticket-buying mania, like I mentioned. The frenzy saw at least 54 victims losing more than $45,000 in less than a week. Now, in a first-world nation with cutting-edge technology, biotech wonders, why do we still have ticket scams? Why is it so rampant? And how can we avoid them? Well, on the line is Jennifer Cheng, Proofpoint's Director of Cybersecurity Strategy for Asia Pacific and Japan. Jennifer, good afternoon. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me, Elliot. Thanks a lot for taking the time. And all of this coming on the back of Proofpoint's 2023 Human Factor Report. Quite interesting. Uh, Tell us a little bit about it. What's the aim here? Yeah, so Proofpoint's 2023 Human Factor Report is looking at one of the largest data sets in the cybersecurity industry and across the globe. And we're really delving into the new developments across the threat landscape, focusing on a combination of technology and psychology. That's what really makes modern cyber attacks so dangerous. Because we are, we're all seeing that cyber attacks are targeting exploiting people, right? Because it's not just about the technology and the vulnerabilities or the nature of the technology itself, but people really are the most critical variable in today's cyber threats and keeping ourselves, our livelihoods and businesses safe. Mm. So in 2022, I would say, you know, conversational smishing, pig pig butchering threats. Uh, So these are the types of attacks and threats where um, the attackers are trying to uh, lure uh, somebody to engage with uh, the promise of romance uh, behind it, leading to some kind of financial gain. Um, These definitely... We saw a surge in these in 2022. Um, But in addition to that, there was a proliferation of multi-factor authentication bypass attacks, also leveraging phishing kits that um, allow attackers to harvest vast amounts of credentials, Mm -hmm. um, as well as telephone-oriented attack delivery, um, this category called TOAD, where it's mixing different communication channels. So not only looking at sort of email or SMS, but also getting actually getting a person on the phone and engaging with the person. Person scamming them that way. Jennifer, um, I wish I could phrase this better, but do we as human beings lose our minds when it comes to cultural <laughs> moments, concerts, you mentioned romance, and that moment always just seems to make us more vulnerable to becoming victims of scams. Why does the gravity of that situation happen? Yeah, I mean, we can't help but be human, right? And have feelings and want to connect with other people. And, you know, Singapore, of course, is home to diverse and dynamic cultural landscape and opportunities for people to connect and gather together. You know, you yourself mentioned these A-list global superstars that are coming to Singapore, right? And and you, no doubt uh, attackers will capitalize on their brands 
and the trust and uh, just that emotional connection that people have and familiarity to these people. Um, so if you have, if there's anything that you're talking about in the headline news, uh, no doubt attackers will look at campaigns and be able to uh, and be looking at ways to try to exploit that sort of culture, uh, that emotional connection. And just people want to be part of something, right? And mm. so, so really the timeliness and the timing of a lot of these attacks come into play. And so, you know, with the holiday season coming up, we often see, you know, with a lot of uh, shopping deals and opportunities as well, a lot of folks, a lot of attackers are really also leveraging these things to give people uh, additional incentive to engage too. And they'll definitely take advantage of these or cultural events and uh, time of year even and craft elaborate schemes across it um, using the psychology of the moment. Right. And is that what goes into defining this this new word that I'm learning, uh, social engineering scams? Could you help me out with that? Yes. So social engineering, you know, we're really seeing an aspect of social engineering in almost every single cyber attack that we see across the threat landscape. So a lot of times there's a technical aspect to it, but with social engineering, there's a pretty specific strategy when it comes to these types of attacks. Um, It usually starts with information gathering. So be careful about the information that you're putting out on the internet. Um, There's a vast amount of personal information that would allow attacker to be able to connect directly, whether it's on LinkedIn or social media, or even, you know, public sources, news clippings, or even a business website um, to connect the individual person with uh, something that's bigger and something that's personal. Uh, The second piece would be establishing trust. So a lot of times attackers will contact that user uh, to convince them, require, engage in actual conversations conversation even uh, to convince them to perform an action that benefits them. Uh, So whether it's a wire transfer or even just simply clicking on something that you probably shouldn't. The latter two pieces really come down to exploitation and execution, right? Mm. So just simply getting that person to take action, wire money, access assist, you know, exfiltrate information and data, file, send them information. All of these things are uh, really kind of help them achieve their goal. And that's really that last piece of execution where, you know, that might be too late for businesses to um, organizations to be able to identify that if it gets to that point. And so putting in the proper controls and the processes, not only looking at the technology, but making sure, you know, your people, processes and technology are all aligned. Yeah. Really Jennifer, if, if digital marketing agencies are trying to build customer profiles, is it fair to say that these scammers are doing the same thing by asking for a little information here and there that we don't quite pay yeah. attention to? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that that, you know, that's where people really need to be careful about what you post on LinkedIn or social media, what profiles you make public and, you know, who you connect with on these networks. So, you know, on one hand, these uh, these networks are really built to be able to share that information, but just be a little bit careful about what level of detail you're divulging and make sure that it's not something that's exceptionally sensitive that mm-hmm. might get you in trouble or your business in trouble. Why, why can't technology, or I mean, if technology is helping to build profiles, why can't technology be there to... I don't know, defend us or or stop these sort of transactions. Yeah, that's really what the cybersecurity industry is about. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to make uh, the internet a safer place, to build trust back into communication. I think that when it comes down to it, you know, there are definitely a lot of technologies that can be put into place that can help deter attackers from being successful or achieving that last 
step. But a lot of the first step of these attacks come down to the person. And if the person clicks and the person engages, then you're already in trouble. And so that's where a lot of us can really help make sure we're all better protected as a society (laughs) and keeping the internet safe. But there is that psychological aspect where we as humans really need to accept that we are the weakest link. I mean, I know you mentioned the cybersecurity (laughs) agency, but the weakest link is still us. The first form of defense is still us human beings. Yes. Well, unfortunately so, but I think that that's also an important part of the solution, really, right? So it's not just that we as people are causing all of the problems and falling for all of these scams, because I think we still do want to trust in these human transactions and being able to use technology here. So I think it's just recognizing and taking a step back and knowing where to be a little bit skeptical if you have a particular engagement or a friend that you haven't talked, a long lost friend, engage and reach out to you or some offer is given to you that seems to be too good to be true um just thinking twice will take you far yeah i'm not gonna lie if you're a long lost friend i tend to keep you as lost Uh, (laughs) but jennifer i i do wonder and just as a final question here for these concert organizers is there any possibility that perhaps using blockchain technology is an additional layer can it help in, Mm -hmm. in in terms of fighting scams ticketing scams especially well, I think that blockchain technology is certainly um, compelling in the sense that in uh, providing a level of sort of authenticity for each ticket so that you're unlikely to forge uh, that okay. ticket itself. Okay and also offering additional transparency and traceability. But we do also still continue to see a number of blockchain and crypto-related scams in the threat landscape. And so it doesn't mean that it completely eliminates it, but hopefully at least deters that some element of that last set of success. There is that complexity of uh, an international framework as far as technology law is concerned. Like in Singapore, we don't have Mm -hmm. tech law, tech law. We have many aspects of tech law. Mm -hmm. This conversation needs to go on before we can eventually have that international framework. Mm. Well, I would say that um, when it comes to a lot of these types of frameworks, legal or otherwise, I think it really also comes down to managing risk. Sure. Uh, for yourself and for the organizations you work for, the businesses you work for and represent. So uh, a lot of times these frameworks, you know, you want to follow the rules and these are a great starting point and to be able to adopt some best practices and help understand the problem. Uh, but oftentimes I think it's assuming some personal responsibility <laughs> uh, for the problem at hand. Uh, and that's really where the risk Part comes into play. So having an understanding of risk and taking a little bit of skepticism in sort of your day-to-day transactions and communications is healthy and hopefully will uh, keep everybody safe. <laughs> All right. I've been speaking with Jennifer Cheng, who is Proofpoint's Director of Cybersecurity Strategy for Asia Pacific and Japan. Jennifer, thank you so much for your time today. Take care and have a great weekend ahead. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.